At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 14, the Thomas Hickey edition. Yeah. Last week. Last week was Barzal. Now we're getting into a little Thomas Hickey action. Shout out to our writer, Kate. I'm sure she's going to love that. <laughs> I am Matt O'Leary, co-expert for Eyes on Isles, and I am joined by Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I am feeling absolutely fantastic tonight. I have a, Even though I have a frog in my throat, I got a little bit of water here, so I should be all right. Um, I'm feeling pretty good after tonight's win. We're recording this on, it is Wednesday night. The Islanders just finished playing um, God, the, the Philadelphia Flyers in overtime. John Tavares was a Superman in overtime. Oh, my God, that goal. Uh, well, his, it wasn't his goal, but the setup that he made for Josh Bailey, scrumptious diddly-umptious. It was so, hmm, I could replay that gift in my mind. So yeah, that's the long-winded answer. I'm feeling fantastic. Yeah, I think I'm feeling exactly the same way. Um when I was, I actually wrote this in the in the post game highlights that went up on the site. So also, if you're listening, check that out on eyesandisles dot com. Yes, please. I wrote that as I am writing this, my jaw is still on the floor <laughs> from that play. So as, if I'm speaking and you don't hear me enunciating properly, it's probably because my jaw is still wide open on the floor. Mitch, that was my jaw closing that forcefully. Was, yeah, for those who didn't see that just happened, that was really funny. But. Um, the amount of effort that went into that play alone, he just completely took over. Yeah. Like that, that's elite level stuff. Oh, easily. So if, if no one saw the play, if you weren't watching because you were probably traveling to your family's house for Thanksgiving, um, for all you south of my border, happy Thanksgiving to you. We were ahead of you, but you know what? No matter what, it's, it's not a contest necessarily. Um, <laughs> happy Turkey Day to you all. Uh, so Tavares was, it was three on three overtime. Tavares was being covered by Sean Couturier from the Philadelphia Flyers, and Couturier was all over him. Cross check, just didn't give him any space to do anything. And finally, at one point, it felt, or it, it seemed like Couturier had Tavares up against the boards and was mm-hmm. going to neutralize whatever play he was going to make. But Tavares somehow was able to swing both of them. Uh, Around so that he, Tavares, was facing Couturier's back, and Couturier was pushing him against the board with his butt. And then Tavares just went and reached around him and just like, I'm going to take this puck with my free hand. And he's only got one hand on his stick now, and he's reaching over top of 6'3, 211 pound Sean Couturier, and moves the puck over to some free space with one hand, and then continues the play and shoots it to, to passes it over to Josh Bailey alone in the slot, who finishes it neatly. Just. Like this, you can't teach this. This is just pure natural talent instinct to just kind of go. Okay, you think it got me? Guess again. Yeah, lol, Jk. I'm just going to <laughs> pass the puck to myself in some ridiculous manner and then make a even 
almost just as ridiculous pass in between two defenders right to Josh Bailey, who's wide open, and he was able to finish, thankfully. And I know, I'm sure you probably want to give your boy some love. He had three points oh. and is now up to 26 points on the season. Your yes. man is cooking right along. 26 points, 21 games, on pace for, wait for it, 107 points through 21 oh. games. Ooh. Can you imagine if Josh Bailey almost doubles his output from last year? <laughs> he had a hard time putting up 40 points, and he doubles 50 points and puts up Art Ross trophy numbers. I don't expect it to last. I really don't. But can we say like 80-point Josh Bailey is a real possibility here? Uh, that's not crazy with how he's playing. Literally every single goal the Islanders scores, he, it feels like he has something to do with it. I know. And that, that's the thing. And 80, 80 goals is undercutting him by 27 based off his pace stats. 27 goals, we're just, we're just cutting. We're just cutting off the fat. Hey, I'll even take 37 off and say 70 points. They were cutting 37 points off of his production pace just because... This is outstanding. This is outstanding. And even then, if he puts up 70 points, that's 14 more than he scored last year in his record year. Just, it's amazing to see. It's amazing to see. Again, I don't expect him to hit 107. I'm not pie in the sky. Everything is Josh Bailey. It's just, oh my God, this is good. This is good. Yeah, it's certainly nice to stick it to the haters who were very, very silent today. Oh, God. Twitter. Yeah, they can't find a hole big enough to crawl on you. Or crawl in? No. That's the one. Um, and, and, like, I, I get it that what Josh Bailey did for the first eight years of his career was not living up to the expectations he had coming into the league as a ninth overall pick in 2008. I get it. But you, if you take that aside and you look at this year and last year, what he's done... You can't discredit just that in in a vacuum. Now, if you want to examine his career and say, over the course of his career, Josh Bailey has not lived up to expectations, sure, that's fine. As a Bailey fan, I could get behind that. But I can't get behind someone saying, yeah, he's still crap. Well, no, he's putting up, like, he might put up 120, not even 160 points in two years. Where are you? What are you doing? He's fantastic. Right. And as someone who, before last year, I gave Josh Bailey a lot on Twitter. Hopefully he didn't see my Twitter account. But I think before last year, he deserved, maybe not all of it, but a majority of it. Because I think he was underperforming. But last year, I'm, I try to keep an honest assessment to it. Okay. He exceeded expectations. He was a phenomenal player last year, putting up 56 points. And my only thing going up into this year was, could he do it again? Now that he's proving that he is going to put up 56, I think over 56 points is all but locked in at this point. Yeah. So that he's going to do it again. I'm on board with saying he's good. I think that's completely fine. And if you're still saying that he is not a good hockey player, you're just not watching properly. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, I don't understand how you can say he's not a good hockey player right now. I can understand if you're still holding, you know, holding out saying like, well, what he did for the first eight years, he wasn't any good. All right, fine. But get over it. That eight <laughs> years is over now. We're, we're living in 2017. We're not living in 20, 2008 to 2015. That's not where we are anymore. Those years are gone now. So let's move forward and see. And, and look at what he's doing now, um, which is just 
like you can't you can't not love it. I don't understand how you don't love what's going on right now. Would you want him to not score those points? I I don't want those to happen. They shouldn't happen because he's that's not the type of player he is. Okay, like let's let's take those points off then. Let let's have the team be terrible. Thanks. Like is that the argument that you're trying to put forward? I don't I don't understand what these people are saying when they hate Bailey. This is why we can't have nice things. Thanks a lot, Isles Twitter. <laughs> we can't have nice things at all. Um, uh, there's a couple more players I wanted to talk about tonight who okay. stood out to me. Uh, like tonight or overall in the last like four games type thing? Because last we both. spoke, they played four games, including tonight. It's, it's a mix of both. Okay. But tonight is sticking out more so to me just because it's re- more recent, I guess. But we can we could dive deeper into the... The games have passed, so I just had a few more points that I wanted to get out on, yeah. t- on tonight's event a little bit. Um, my boy, Josh Hosang, <laughs> also your boy. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're big fans of here of him on this program. Uh, he scored another goal. Yeah. His second of the season. And now he's got seven points in 11 games. He's so terrible. Terrible I, stats. I've, I've, I've heard on Twitter that he and Facebook that he really needs to develop and mature at the AHL level and he's just not ready to be at the NHL level and to that I say fake news false <laughs> fake news um yeah it, listen he's got a giveaway tonight so I'm sure they're gonna hang their hat on that um but then again Bailey Barzal Lad all have two Lee Nelson all have one individually Bovilli has got two Tavares has three like Giveaways are, are happening all over the ice, and, and that doesn't count turnovers necessarily either, which I don't remember seeing or hearing um, Hosang being credited with a, an egregious turnover. I'm sure he's, he, he did one because they all do. Um, but can we not hang our hats on his just overall play? He's producing. Um, he was, I think he was a, a, a positive player on the ice tonight, even. I'm just going to look it over. And he was, well, he was a zero. So... He was on the ice for one. He was on the ice for his own. So he kind of counterweighs it, but he still put up a goal, which is really what you need to win games, last I checked. Um, is he producing at the rate as someone like Barzal? No. No. Uh, he's not far off, though. No. Right? And what I wrote the other day was he's actually on pace to put up similar, if not better, numbers than he was doing last year. And right. everyone absolutely loved him last year. So now I'm wondering, what is it that has switched? That pe- Why are people now focusing on the turnovers that they weren't focusing on last year? Do you think it's the emergence of other players? Probably, yeah. I, I think so, is that the storyline has shifted to say that the importance is on Matthew Barzell. And it should be. Um, and so he because we're not seeing those egregious turnovers by Barzell when we see them by Hosang, it's easy to focus on. And, and, and to, to an extent, that's fair. Like, you, you can have those egregious turnovers, but I, I don't hear those too often when Jason Chimera's name comes up. And last I checked, he had a Thank pretty you. bad one against Edmonton Oilers. I don't hear them when Brock Nelson's name is mentioned. I just hear that he can't uh, play a two-way game, which is fine, but he's also given up the puck quite a bit. So, I don't know. Either or, which... Like, it, 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 I think it's just confirmation bias, right? Where people are making up mm-hmm. the narrative they want to make up about him. And, and, that, and that's, I guess, fair to an extent because I'm also doing the same. 
I, I, I look at him and I say, well, let's focus on that and not focus on the other thing. So there's confirmation bias from both sides. But I think it's fair to say that as a rookie, he's developing well. Again, he's not developing into some superstar like Matthew Barzal, so I don't think his claim of he's going to be the best player in his draft class, although he added the in three years caveat. I don't think that's going to pan out, but I think Josh saying is going to be one of those second-line players in his NHL career. I think he's going to be that 50, 60-point player, whereas someone like Barzal might be that 70, 80-point type player. Right, and that's completely fine. I would be very satisfied if we got 50 points out of Josh Hosang mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, you brought up Jason Schmera there, and I'm very, very, very happy you did. Because <laughs> Mitch, I I can't remember. Did I hashtag done myself with Jason Schmera? I'm sure you've done it episodes? multiple times. Uh, I'm I, doing I it again. I, I, all I see is you like leaving your house in the morning, and you just like you close the door, like okay, and then you're doing like the hashtag thing with your hand, like hashtag Chimera, hashtag Del Cole, and then you get on with your day. Yep, that's pretty much how I start every or single hashtag day. Hashtag Snickers, add that in there, and hashtag Team Snickers, baby, all day. Yeah. Um, he looked absolutely awful tonight. Took two bad penalties, turned the puck over in the neutral zone. Did not look good. I wouldn't give him the not so good lot tonight. He looked okay. He looked okay. It just the guy can't finish. The guy just can't finish. He's getting chances, but he can't finish. I don't understand what his problem is. Like he just can't catch a bounce. He just needs one to go in, and I think it is going to start going for him. But at this point, I don't want to give him the benefit of the doubt to give him that kind of time. Uh, obviously, I'm not Doug Wade, so he's going to keep getting those chances. And, and so I, I hope for his sake that he finally gets one. I really do, because I think at that point, maybe it'll open up and we won't hate Jason Chimera so much. I just, he wasn't that bad tonight. Um, what was he? He's on the ice for what, 11 minutes tonight. He's 100% on his face off. He probably just took one. He's got a block shot, no giveaways. Uh, yeah, he took two penalties. That kind of sucks. And he got one shot on goal. Like, that seems like a Jason Chimera game right now. Um, but he had, like, three chances to get something up on the board, at least. You know, he buries one of those, and he's and then we're looking at a 5-3 game. That's a different scoreline. Actually, we're not looking at a 5-3 game. We're probably looking at a 5-3, a, a 4-3 win uh, in regulation rather than overtime. So we're not giving an extra point to our divisional rival. So... I don't know. I, I'm not ready to give him that kind of he was terrible tonight and he's terrible every night. He's not great. He's not good. And I'd rather someone else in that spot. But at the moment, the team isn't giving us the decisions that we want when, when it comes to roster moves. I'm almost ready to see Quine on that fourth line. Okay, fine. Yeah. L- listen, if, you, if we're going to switch out Chimera for Quine, I'm okay with that. Um, but again, I'm not Doug Waite. You're not Doug Waite. And I think Doug Waite's going to stick with this guy who's got two billion NHL games under his belt. I think that's right. You know, give or take one or two. Give or take, yeah, plus or minus three. <laughs> yeah, so. The guy, he's, I saw on Twitter that, and it made me giggle. They said he's a 38-year-old version of Michael Grabner. Extremely fast, but can't finish. Well, except for last year, Grabner can finish like crazy. I, although, I think they're talking about with his Islanders career. Yeah, yeah, Grabner's fair Islanders okay, career. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I guess. But but again, he's getting chances. Again, like tonight, he got at least three chances that he should have buried. And and, and maybe people, well, he shouldn't be there because he's not burying. I completely agree. He shouldn't be there because he's not finishing. He's getting the chances. That he's not finishing it. But Doug Waite is telling himself that I'm going to give this guy the benefit of the doubt because he's played 
11 billion hockey games in his life. I'm gonna. We're gonna grow out gray wizard-like beards and still be sitting here and be like, I'm still waiting for Jason Chimera to score that first goal. Right. Any day now, he's gonna break <laughs> out, Mitch. I could feel it. Yeah, my kids are gonna go to to university and be like, Dad, do you remember the day when Jason Chimera got way too many chances with the Islanders? Oh, son, sit down, take a step, and I'll tell you the time when they just wouldn't scratch the guy. It's going to be one of those stories where they just they, 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 they can't make an, e- an easy decision when it comes to them. Just to scratch him once. Just once. Yeah, that's my thing. Why does he have to play every single night? Because he adds that speed dimension, I, I, I think. Oh, but I, I, I don't know. I, it doesn't seem like that's a good answer. That's not enough for me. No. It really isn't. We spent a lot of time on tonight's action. Are there any other talking points you want to get to from any of the other games um, that they played? I just want to sum one up for, from all the games that I think Thomas Grice yes. is finally on that verge of taking the number one spot. I so, agree. So tonight he played all right. He led in three goals. Uh, the first one was an absolute fluke. Um, bounced off yeah. a skate. Um, the raffle goal, well, that was a breakaway. So that that's a 50-50 chance already. And Voracek scoring in the power play, well, that'll happen. It's power play. Uh, but he still stopped, what is it, 35 shots tonight? So he had a 920 save percentage with a three goals against average. You, you want to let three goals against average to lower down, to, to go lower, but he's trending in the right direction in terms of st- the overall statistical body. But you look at his work tonight, and you're thinking, we could win with this guy, clearly, and we could win going forward with this guy as a number one goalie. And I think that that's, that's beneficial for us because Halak needs to take a, set, a, a, a seat and just kind of figure out what the heck is bothering him. And then he can slowly gain that rotation back, that 1A, 1B rotation that we, we thought we had. Yeah, because right now, Yaroslav Halak isn't doing enough to even keep the Islanders in games. No. Uh, I feel like they can't win with that guy in net. Uh, he gives up too many soft goals. At least with Grice, maybe... It's a little biased because he seems to make those like crazy acrobatic saves where it makes you feel like, okay, this guy can you know win you a game. You just you just don't get that feeling with Halak in net. Uh, me personally, anyway. Well, and that's the thing. And I, and I was listening to to uh, Carver and Compton talk about it today, where they're saying, well, he he's going to get better. He's 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 good enough. He he's a good goalie. Okay, well, he could be because statistically speaking, he has been, but he he is not currently. So. How do you fix that? You make him sit. You do something. Something needs to happen with Halak to get him in that mind, that that that, that state of mind. Because again, last year was the same story, and they sent him down to Bridgeport, and he came back. I'm not saying you have to waive him, but you have to do something. Something needs to happen. You either go to him and say you're the number two. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you say. You are the number two. And then maybe he's kind of like, okay, I need to work on something. I have a goal. And he works towards it, and he, he comes back as that goalie that we saw last year at the end, at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. But as it stands now, Grice is that guy, I, I, I think. I really do. Because like you said, Halak gives you one terrible goal a night. Guaranteed, it seems, at this point. Yeah. So based off his statistical average, he's letting in two goals and then easily three to four goals a night. You can't win with that. You can't win with that. So you've no. got to fix it. And as much as the Islanders, you know, score and score so frequently where they, they are putting up, you know, four plus goals a night, that's not going to stay consistent, mm-hmm. I don't think. No, and, exactly. And, and that's that's the issue here is that if Halak keeps running out these stinkers, they can't keep 
being bailed out by the offense, and recently they haven't. He's 0-3 in, in his last three starts, and his goals against average is terrible. His, his save percentage is dropping. It's not good. No, it's not good. Um, what they do, I don't, I don't know. I don't say scratch him. I, th- I say just you, you tell him he's the number two. And we're going to sit you in on back-to-backs and on, you know, when terrible teams come to town or we we'll go to terrible teams. Like when we go to Arizona, I don't know if they still go. I think they played them twice, so they don't. When we, when we see Buffalo, you get to play. When we see Montreal, you get to play. But outside of that, sorry, bud. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's going to have to be the case for the foreseeable future until he begins to turn things around and feel a little bit more comfortable. That's right. I completely agree. Anything else stick out to you from the Islanders this week in their games? Uh, No, I think it's like the same old stories, just consistently inconsistent. Like they put up a a great effort against Tampa Bay, and then they come back and they put a not-so-great effort the next night, or I think it was two nights later, against Carolina. Just like, what happened there? Again, Halak and Net. um, But I think it was they were up... Three nothing, and then Tampa. Or sorry, Carolina only had like six shots on net or something. It was it was absurd. It was an absurd thing. And, and Carolina was playing as they were supposed to play, um, but we still couldn't. We knew what they we knew what they were, but we couldn't match it for some reason. Maybe because we had just played the night before and given everything we could against Tampa Bay. Um, it's just it was unfortunate. I know it's a back to back, but that's a team we really should be beating. Yeah, they. I definitely felt that way too. I felt like the Islanders beat themselves a little bit more than the Hurricanes beat the Islanders. If that makes sense. Right. I mean, I got to tip my hat to uh, Ward, but that was about it. That's true. Yeah, Ward kept a minute for sure. The one time in the year that it, Cam Ward does something. Yeah, wild that it always seems to happen against the Islanders. Unbelievable. Um, on to short topic number two. Uh, <laughs> Since it is our 14th episode, we're going to do a little Thomas Hickey segment because he wears number 14. Uh, He is the sixth or seventh D-man on this team. He did not play tonight. Uh, Do you think this is an appropriate role for him, or do you see him as more of a regular? I see him as a regular. That's my final answer. I don't need any lifelines. I'll take the $1 million, please. Uh, honestly, though, like, I don't understand why people don't like this guy. He's got the best Corsi rating, five-on-five five Corsi rating on the team amongst defensemen. He's in defensive zone starts primarily, so from the defensive end and still has a better Corsi rating. And he faces the, I think it's the second highest uh, Corsi 4 quality of competition, which measures the Corsi 4 for the, 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 the players he's playing against. And that is the second highest on the team. So he faces the second highest Corsi 4 opponents on the team. Still has this, the best Corsi rating on the team and with defensive zone starts. So he's facing top line players, maybe not top line, but better players than everyone else on the team in the defensive zone. So already to the advantage of the opposition and still has the best Corsi rating with a 53.86, I think it is. It's a 53 point something. So he's well above a possess a, a, a positive possession player. Why is this guy not in the lineup for what? Adam Pellick? Why? Why? 
or even worse, Dennis Seidenberg. Right, Seidenberg. Why? Like, I, I, again, they, they won tonight, but I, you can't say that that was because of Dennis Seidenberg. No, but based on past history, you're going to expect the same lineup to be rolled out on Friday. Um, that's what Doug likes to do. I don't. I, I guess I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, he either switches it up on the 24th. He's going to switch it up on the 25th. I don't see. I don't see Seidenberg playing all three games. Oh no. Okay. No. He's just. Why? Why would you do that? Yeah. At 36, is he Seidenberg? 36. Yeah. Like. He clearly showed it last year that he got leggy at the end of the year. So if you're if you're going to use him as a depth defenseman, do so. Don't don't play him every night. Keep him when you need him for games where you think he's going to be more valuable, where his skill set suits the opposition. Whatever skill set that happens to be, I'm not necessarily sure. It's not that he's not skilled. It's just I don't know what it is. And chalk that up to me not being the best evaluator of talent. No, I'm in the same boat. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I could evaluate his skill set and tell you which team he would match up better against. Uh, I could point out the numbers to you and how he's performing. Uh, Hasn't looked that great this year. He's only played in, I think, Tonight was his eighth game. That's of good. The year. That's that. Though, those are good numbers for Seidenberg, I think, in terms of game, games played. Yeah. So over, I know this is a hickey segment, but we'll get back to him yeah. momentarily. Uh, over the course of the full season, how many games do you expect him to play? Him being Seidenberg. Seidenberg, correct. 30, 40 games max. I was going to say like thirty-five. So I think we're on the same page. Yeah. In that boat, easily. So if, if I if I flip that to you, then are you okay with, with Hickey having the role he has this year? No, I'd like to see him in there more consistently. He's only played 16 games, so he's been a scratch for five. five. Yeah. Um, I think he should be in the lineup pretty much every night. I think he's a fine third-pairing defenseman. Uh, I'm really not sold on Pellick, uh, Seidenberg, the only four I'm really comfortable with right now, I would say, is Hickey, DeHaan, and then the top pairing of Letty Boychuk. The other ones seem to be question marks. Yeah, and and those are the ones that you want to rotate, right? I, I you know, Pulek isn't seeming outside of the first flurry when he, he came when he was brought into the lineup. He's kind of quieted down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's a. Um, a product of how they're deploying him versus a product of his production or his performance. Um, it seems like it's performance based because I, I just he seems invisible out there. I don't recognize. I, I don't really see him playing. Um, or maybe he's just not getting the chances he used to. Maybe they're they're using him in a different way. Um, but that top four seems fine to me. It just doesn't seem that the Isles feel the same way, whereas they no. keep scratching Hickey for some reason, and they're they're willing to use him as a forward or or, or not, um, even though they said they they would. Um, I just can we just get him in the lineup, and if not, if not, trade him, trade him. You know what? The Edmonton Oilers are looking for a defenseman. He's perfect for what they need, and we know that Gar Snow can get the best out of Peter Chiarelli. Give the man a call and say, "I know you're desperate, Pete. I got a guy who can help." How do we make a deal? And I'm not saying go get Dreisaitl, go get McDavid. That's not happening. <laughs> um, or, or even Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That's not happening. I, I was put forward uh, Zach Cassian. Someone told me on Twitter that sounds like a good that that sounds like a good pickup. But we don't need fourth line forwards anymore. No, we really don't. So we we have enough of those. 
Um, yeah, like 20. Yeah, exactly. He's still a good pickup. And if, if that says bring him in the team and we can send Quine down so he can play more games, I'm okay with that in a way. Because at this point, uh, we're underusing Hickey, so we need to get something for him. I feel like him. you'd be making a move just to make a move at that point. I'd rather have Hickey for his value than another fourth-line player. Yeah, absolutely. So it depends on what we get for him. If we can get a second, third round for him, okay, sure. A decent prospect, um, that would be nice. Uh, although I don't, th- I don't know if Shirelli is willing to move for that. But then again, he traded Strom for Eberle, and he traded a first and a second round for Griffin Reinhardt. So <laughs> I don't know at this point. I don't uh, know where Peter Chiarelli's values are in terms of in terms of his assets. <laughs> Not as a person, in terms of his assets, I don't know where his evaluations are at. So for all I know, maybe Nugent Hopkins is on the table. I don't know. If, I don't even know if I'd, I'd go get him. He'd be great, but like, what do we do with the rest of our lineup? We couldn't. Just the cap wouldn't work out. But I don't know. I've... I'd go for a draft pick. If you could do Thomas Hickey for, like you said, a second, especially, I would do that so fast. Oh, yeah, because that would be our third second round pick, and we all know that Garth has the ability to turn second rounds into first rounds. Oh, yes. and Or even use, because they're going to have two first-round selections in the draft thanks to the Hamannick trade. That's right. Use that in a big package to acquire somebody. Right. Exactly. Or to move up or whatever you have to do. Whatever you want to do. It just it gives him that flexibility. Absolutely. But I definitely think that Hickey should be an every-night player. I don't see the point of scratching him i know he's smaller some sometimes like undersized and people get on him for that but i think that's kind of lazy criticism i think he's been fine uh, with the Islanders over his career i i completely agree i don't like the argument of uh, undersized he's not playing uh, a a bang bang type game he's not a a, like a necessarily physical guy out there like johnny boychuk um he's just a solid good defender that's all he is he's gonna get you 20 to 25 points in a year and that's maybe peak production for him, but he's going to be solid on the back end for you. And that's really what you want from a guy like that. Yeah, and that's completely fine. Yeah. Uh, okay, want to move on to the next topic in the short segment? Absolutely, seeing as we were talking about trades. Yeah, speaking of trades, uh, our boy Tim wrote a roster tradability piece. And mm-hmm. I guess we'll go through and talk about guys we think are unmovable. Guys we hope they do not move, and then also guys who we would be comfortable with them moving. You want to start this one off? Yeah. um, I want to start it off not with my suggestion, but someone took the time to go through this on Twitter. Because when I posted Tim's article, uh, the tweet that I used is, how would you break down the roster between those three categories? Untradeable, hope they don't, and part of a package. And at its coke, or sorry, at its co, C-O-K-A-N-E, at its cocaine, um, funny name. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Untradeable. Tavares, Lee, Barzal, Eberle, Bailey, Letty, Boychuk, Lad, Kuhlman, because he's injured. Which makes sense, and that's exactly how Tim kind of had it. Um, he didn't have JT in there, and I don't think he put Barzal in there. Um, but that's, that's just how It's not co- or it's Cocaine wrote it up. Hope they don't. Hosang, Pollock, Bo, uh, Movable, Hickey, Seidenberg, Quine, Chimera and Halak. How do you feel about those? Let's just talk about that rather than like we both give our list and name off like 40,000 players a piece. 
I don't think you can move Halak because of his contract and how bad he's been playing. Mm-hmm. I'd be completely fine if they did move him. I just don't think that's a realistic possibility at this point. But part of a package, do you think? Yeah, I, I guess if you were, had to, uh, you know, dump some salary yeah. off and, you know, they were in the team the Islanders are trading with could take on that salary, then yeah, I would say definitely, if, especially with the amount of picks the Islanders have in order to use in a trade. Uh, I'm I'm fine with that. I agreed with most of his list. Um, I would maybe put uh, Beauvillier in the yeah. tradable piece. Same. Uh, but other than that, I, I pretty much agree completely. Yeah. Like, it's not that I don't think Bo is a good player. I think he is. It's just at this point, I don't think he's being utilized his full potential. Um, and I think at this point, if he's going to be playing third line minutes, which it seems like his, his role is destined to be, which is fair in a, in a team laden with the talent that we have, uh, well, then let's see if we can get something for him. Yeah, he kind of feels like a, almost like a poor man's Casey Sezikis. Yeah, I, I, w- I, would, I would reserve that for Alan Quine, but sure. Yeah, I think I've used that one in the, in the past. But, yeah. Um, they, I don't know why he reminds me of. Uh, I don't know why he reminds me of Sizikis, but he he just does sometimes with his gameplay. Uh, he, has, he has more a higher ceiling, I would say. Yeah, definitely. sure, absolutely. He's got a high ceiling, so I think he's got some value in him. Um, he's only playing only. He's playing third line minutes, and he's also like in and out of the lineup through healthy scratches. So like we're not utilizing him to his fullest potential. So if we can maximize that by getting something else. Sure. Uh, it, obviously, it depends on what that what what that other else is. And, and at this point, if we're if we're making trades, what what areas are we trying to improve necessarily? And I, and I think there's going to be one. Um, but I want to hear what you have to say. I feel like you want me to say goaltending. Yeah, I do. But you want to say something else based off the um, words you just used. Well, uh. I think. Goaltending is definitely a huge issue, but I don't know that you could acquire a better goaltender. Oh, I'm not saying in a trade. we go out and uh, here's who we go out and get. I'm just saying if we're if we're trying to address an area, that's when we try to address. Okay. Well, I think acquiring a defenseman is more realistic, so I'm going to go defenseman. Okay. I keep hearing that, and I'm really confused by that line of thought. What what are we trying to address with defensemen? We just need more right-handed Ds or something? We have four. Well, no, not necessarily. It's because right now the only three defensemen that have played every single game is Letty, Boychuk, and Dahan. It kind of shows that the Islanders aren't comfortable with half their defensemen that they keep rotating in and out. So if they had another stable piece and you were only rotating out your third pair... I would feel a lot more comfortable. Okay. So you're just looking for consistency and usage. Okay. Right. And a, and a little bit of an upgrade. Okay. And that's, that's the thing. Like, I'm going to have to look at this and, and look at some numbers to see what, what an upgrade actually means for us. Because, again, Hickey's is amazing when it comes to Corsi. He's amazing when it comes to controlling the play, to moving it out of the defensive zone and into the offensive zone, which is one of the defenseman's primary objectives I understand some people say, well, it's not letting in goals. Well, not letting in goals means moving the play out of the defense and into the offense. That's how you do that. 
and he's good at that. So why is he not doing that or being given the chance to do that for the Islanders? It baffles me. Um, so that would be your number four right there. So you'd have your, your Letty, your Boychuk, you'd have Dahan, and you'd have Hickey. Perfect. And then you have your rotating bottom six of, of your Pelic, Mayfield, Seidenberg, Pulak. Done. Like, that seems uh, like logical to me. I'm, I'm just not sure who well, we go I get would... that's any better than, than the names that we already have. Well, I would do uh, the, leave the top pair the same. Have Dahan as your second pairing with whoever you trade for, and then your third pair is Hickey Pulak, and rotating in Mayfield Pellick. Right. Okay. And just forget about Seidenberg. Yeah, to me, it depends on who we get. Obviously, and I know we're speaking hyperbole, uh, not hyperbole, in in hypotheticals. Jeez, I couldn't think of the word. It's uh, okay. In hypotheticals. Um, so we don't have a, a set person in mind, and I'm not going to say go through the league and give me a name. Uh, it just, I don't, I don't see it. It just, it doesn't seem like that immediate of a need. Whereas goaltending seems like an immediate need for us. And, and I understand that we can't, you can't just go pull a goalie. There aren't enough starting good starting goalies in the NHL at this point. Um, so we're going to have to run the two. It's just, do you take the chance? And I guess you, I guess we have to, but. Uh, it pains me. I, I guess my question me. would be, like, for who though? Like, who? Like, what goalies are like? Because I carry prices and coming here. Well, and and who would want him? Right at this point. Yeah. Like with with the albatross contract hanging over his head that starts next year at eight point five million dollars a season, and the fact that he seems to be getting progressively more injured as he gets older. Like he's thirty one, if I'm not mistaken. So. Yeah. That's not the time to be giving someone an $8.5 million contract, especially when he's starting to get hurt. I understand when he's fully fit, he's he's dominant, but like, oh, oh my God, I'd rather pay a guy six who's going to be in every game. Um, so who do we get? I, at this point, Jimmy Howard looks like a good option if, if Detroit's willing to, 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 to par with him. At this point, they're in a playoff position, so they won't. Um, but th- that's a guy I'd be looking at for sure. Or if they're willing to give up Peter Mrazek, who's a lot younger, um, maybe because he's got some some serious Vezina potential in him, he's just not living up to that potential in Detroit. So maybe a change of scenery for him could do some good. All right, that's fair. I, I definitely think goaltending is a need. I'm not going to argue with you there. I just thought a defenseman is a little bit more obtainable of a realistic goal. You calling me unrealistic? Acquire. Unbelievable. Oh no! I got a med. Unbelievable. That's no, fine. I get it. All right. So that was the roster tradability section. Definitely an interesting take from Tim, and I think that got a lot of good responses. Yippers. Um, long topic of the week. Islanders fan favorite, uh, Brock Nelson. Your boy. <laughs> my my boy. Sure. We had uh, three things on the website go up go up on Brock Nelson this week. Um, do you think you could move them in a package? I know that was like the topic on a couple of them. Okay. Um, do I think we can move Brock Nelson in a package? Yeah, of course. Anyone is movable in a package. It depends what that package is and what we're getting for it. Uh, and I, th- I think the name that kept coming up was Alex Galchenyuk, right? Yeah, that's what Chris brought up. Um, I don't think Montreal's parting with him. No. I really don't. 
His game is picked up at least a little bit. Um, he seems to have value because he's, be, he's being put back up on the top line. He's not playing center, but at least he's playing top line next to Pacioretty and Drouin. So there's some there's some value in him, at least as as the team sees it. Um, I think it's going to need more than just Brock Nelson to go and get Alex Galchenyuk. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. You're going to have to throw in one of those picks that Garth Snow acquired. At least. And that's if they're willing to get rid of them. I, I, I don't think they're willing to, to move him until they know they're well and out of the playoffs. And even then, are they willing to do that? Because at this point, what do they have? Like, it's not looking great in Montreal. No, times are not looking good. Like, they're in, out of a playoff spot. They've lost, what, three in a row now? I, I don't know if they won tonight. I, did, I haven't checked the scores. Um, but it's not looking good for them. I, I, but I, I don't imagine that they're willing to give up on him just yet. I really don't. As much as it seems like that's something they're willing to do, I don't think it is. No, and at that point, again, I've, I brought this phrase up before, but it's almost like you're making a move just to make a move. Yeah. They don't really need more help at the forward position. They are getting extremely good production from their forwards, especially their top six. Now, their fourth line has come around a little bit, but earlier on in the season, they weren't really doing that much. Uh, I thought the third line looked a lot better tonight, obviously, with uh, Hosang scoring. Bovillia had a couple chances, and even Brock did too. I think Brock is fine on the third line. I'm not really looking to move him per se. No, he he doesn't get to move anywhere but but down. And even that, I don't put Brock Nelson on a fourth line. He's just not a fourth line player. Not because he's no. too good. It's just he doesn't do what a fourth line does. So you're putting him in a worse situation, which you didn't think could happen. But putting him on the fourth line would be a worse situation. Yeah, putting him with Suzikis and Clutterbuck would. I I don't even know what would happen. He's just uh, he's just not a physical honest. player. Why would you do that, right? Yeah, it's not like they could really feed him too to set up that uh, wrist shot that he has. Like no. that they would the two would be run around mashing people out there, and he'll just be on cruise control. Like, what the hell am I supposed <laughs> to do now? Yeah, well, that's just it, right? So he he just doesn't fit where he what they're trying to do. Um, for me, the one that. The article that I wrote about Brock was a little different. It wasn't about a trade. It was about him needing to shoot more. Okay. And and he's on pace to not have that many shots. No, he's not. And I thought that the return of Josh Hosang would be the best thing for Brock Nelson. I know Kate wrote about that earlier in the year. I know we talked about a lot early on when Brock Nelson was producing that it was because of Josh Hosang and his explosive gameplay. The thing for me... Hosang is very is a good playmaker. He moves the puck around a lot, and I think if anyone is going to get anything out of Brock Nelson, it's going to be Josh Hosang. And I would do everything in my power to keep those two together. I think that he's going to get the most out of them. Granted, Brock might not help out Hosang, but I think he's good enough to, you know, produce himself. Josh Hosang, that is. But yeah, uh, I I just see the only way Brock comes out of this is if. Hosting starts to get hot and starts feeding him. Okay, that, that's that's fair. I wanted to look up the, the, the two, because you're right. He's on pace for 128 shots. Now, that sounds like a lot, but in, in Brock Nelson terms, that's not. He put up, I think it was 173, 173 yeah. last year, 165 the year before that, and 190 before that. 
and he shoots at about 12%. He's shooting at 18% right now, which is great, but he's only got 33 shots. So that's not that's not enough for Brock Nelson. And if you look at his at his game logs recently, he's putting up shots consistently. Every night he's putting up at least a shot on goal. Whereas before November 10th, you have against Dallas nothing, Columbia, or Colorado nothing, Nashville on the 28th nothing, San Jose nothing, Los Angeles on the 15th nothing. He's got a few games in there that that he's got two and one, but I I just listed off four or five games where he's got no shots on goal. That's not good enough. Brock needs to be shooting. Um, I I just I wanted to look up when Joshua Sang went down. When was the last game he played um, with the Islanders before he was sent down? I wish I had this ready, but I didn't. I'll, I'll bring the it Rangers, up now. Rangers, right? I wasn't it the Rangers. That's or right. Was it one more? I'm just I just want to confirm that. So he played uh yeah, it was the Rangers on the 19th. So on the 19th, Brock Nelson put up two point uh, two shots. The next night nothing. And that's kind of where it started to go. So he put up zero shots against the Kings. He put up two shots against the Rangers and then nothing against uh, and and that's when Hosang went down. It, it all came to oh, a okay. head with him on the 11th when he put up six shots. But now that Hosang is back, right? He came back on the 11th of November. Yeah, 11th of November, Brock Nelson started putting up consistently a shot on goal every game. See, there's a little bit of a coincidence here. Kowinky dink? I think not. Those are, I think so. I'm glad you cut me off there because I was starting to go long-winded list game after game. Brock Nelson did this on this day on that time in this year. Uh, but yeah, uh, the point is that when Joshua Sane came back on November 11th, Brock Nelson started getting at least a shot on goal every game. He got three tonight against Philadelphia. Yeah, so I, I know a lot of people have been getting on Brock Nelson, and that's, this is nothing new. And a lot of folks on Twitter and in the media have been getting on Josh Hosang for not, you know, some believe he was not the same player this year. I think he is. I think you feel the same way. And mm-hmm. that his kind of playing style is going to make his other line mates better. And I think we're starting to see that as now this is his fourth game. No, tonight was his, I'm sorry, his fifth game since being called back. And I think that line is starting to look much better now. Oh, yeah. And, and I think they're going to they're gonna take some, some chances or they're going to create some chances. They're going to need more time. Like Brock only got 13 minutes on the ice tonight against Philadelphia. That's not a lot. Brock is used to like 16, 15 minutes a night. Um, so he's clearly getting the ice time he deserves. Um, it's just he's going to need more to produce more. Unfortunately, he's not doing it enough, so it's kind of like chicken or the egg thing, right? Yeah. He's not, he's not putting up enough, so he's not getting any. Well, he's not going to get any as he puts it up, so which one is it? He's going to have to deal with what he's got. It's going to take a bit. I guess we just got to wait for him to break out of it because he is a very streaky player. For Who knows? In, in a week or so, he can go off and have four goals in a week and then we're talking about oh here he comes he's finally living up to that 30 goal potential then he's gonna go right down the roller coaster it's just a never-ending ride of ups and downs yeah exactly but frustrating player yeah (laughs) uh do you want to get into the social segment there was yes uh, i do (laughs) some pretty good ones this week (laughs) the first one that i want to talk about is at the islanders game the other night against Carolina, I believe, uh, two guys shaved JT, 
into their chest there. So they were standing next to them. One had a J, one had a T, and they had a sign. Oh, God. I'm Poor execution kidding. on the sign. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> little, little, little grammar lesson for people. R E dash S I G N is resign. R E S I G N is resign, like leave, quit. They wrote, please, J T, resign. I I didn't see Wrong that the message. first time. I honestly, the first time, I, and I saw that picture. I didn't see it. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. And I, I, I even posted it up on the, on the Facebook. And when someone commented saying, at least they spelled JT right, I was like, well, of course they did. I don't understand. And now I'm seeing it like, what is it, almost a week later going, oh, my God, they didn't spell resign properly. So I just want to clear up because I, I, I like to think that we, we are the voice of Islanders fans. And these people, the effort was good. They wanted to say resign. It was just the execution was a little bit off. Yeah, I. You know what? I'm not going to crucify anyone for a typo. God knows that I am a typo machine, um, so I'm not going to crucify him for it. I'm just going. I'm going to laugh at it because it's fair to laugh at. But come on, guys, come on. Now, I have a question for you. Okay. Do you do you think that? If those two were married or had girlfriends, that their significant others knew that they were shaving a J into their chest and then that their buddy was going to shave a T into his chest and be bare chested at a hockey game. Do you think they cleared that or they just <laughs> did it? They took the jersey off on the R and was like, yep, we're just going to walk into the bark shirtless and spell out JT resign. Um, I don't think they looked for clearance. I think they just did it. It was probably one of those things like, I was going to shave my chest anyway, so I'm going to do this. Um, I don't know. Speaking from a guy who doesn't have a lot of chest hair, I don't know. I wouldn't clear it by my wife if I was going to shave my chest. I really no, wouldn't. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to shave a JT into yeah. my chest because I... Yeah, there's not he enough He also wouldn't catch me at an arena without my shirt on for a few reasons. First off, I get really cold. Like I got my hood up here in my basement. There's something wrong with my heater in my in my studio. Um, I get really cold, so I'm not taking my shirt off in a place where they're trying to keep ice cold. But I'm not doing no. that. That's just not happening. Um, and and second off, no one wants to see this without a shirt. Although, like I, I look good. I look good. You know what? I probably would just to prove you naysayers wrong. Boom. Take that. You do have the tattoo, so at least yeah, you look cool. That's I true. am just pale and skinny, so there's no way that I'm doing <laughs> That's what you do, man. Doing that. I, from a pale, skinny guy to a pale, skinny guy, get some ink done, you look a lot bigger, even though you're not. It adds a good 10 pounds. All right. I might just have to take you up on that. Although I'm scared to death of needles, but we'll have to power through. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the next one on our list was the SNL MSG hockey bit. Oh. They had Chance the Rapper on as a hockey reporter. <laughs> do Amazing. that hockey. All right, do that hockey. <laughs> and him trying to pronounce Brady Shea. <laughs> nope. he just, he's like, I'm not going to even try. Nope. <laughs> I, I'm glad they did that. I'm glad they, 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 they showed how out of, like, out of, what is the word I want to use? How niche hockey is. And how out of like the, the the major scope it actually is, and how mm-hmm. 
the we think it's this big, huge, huge sport, and it kind of is when you're in in the know. But when you're not in the know, oh my god, it looks like a weird sport. Yeah, it does, and I think you know it's very playful, and you know I I could always laugh at myself. So even though like I'm a I'm a hockey guy myself, I could sit back and say, yeah, you know, the average person isn't going to know how to pronounce Brady Shea. And no. let's do that. Hockey is extremely funny, and they're already selling T-shirts on that, so it's working out for everybody. <laughs> uh, it, it was a perfect satire of the sport. Uh, it makes you think of how complex it actually is to someone who, who's not like, born into it, or who isn't explained how to play the game, or what the intricacies of the game are at a very young age. Like football seems easy. No, maybe not easy. The rules seem easy. You throw the ball, or you move the ball from here to there. And the lines are clearly marked where you have to go, and it's very linear. Um, mm-hmm. Baseball is kind of the same thing. It is your turn at bat. You do the attacking. The next person does defending once you are done. In hockey, it's ever-flowing. You attack and defend almost at the same time, and it flips within a second. It's just so quick. Um, so the lines of that, that linear line doesn't exist in the, in the sport, I feel like. No, you're definitely right. It, it is a very fast-paced moving game. And for someone who doesn't know a lot about the game, like if you took a 30-year-old to their first hockey game and they knew absolutely nothing about the sport, never watched it before, they'd be like, what the hell is going on? Because there's just <laughs> yeah. so much going on at all times. So Where I think that's a watching? perfect example. Do I watch this one guy sitting in with all the pads over there or do I watch those like eight guys hitting each other with sticks? Which one do I watch? Yeah, so you just got to keep your head on a swivel. Always go with the puck. That's my advice. Nice. Head on swivel. Good hockey talk. Yes. And don't skate with your head down. That's true. Never do that. Unless you want to get lit up. You will. Uh. Yeah, it's happened to me a time or two. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The next one on my list is Isles Go Boxing. They were with Chris Weidman, who is also from Long Island. Shout out to Baldwin, New York. Um. Cal Clutterbuck, there was a picture of Cal Clutterbuck like sparring up. I'm sure he wasn't really sparring with uh, Wyman, but with the handlebar mustache, he really looked like an early 19th century bare knuckles boxer, no? Yeah, absolutely. Or 20th century. That's the whole, what is the whole hipster look, right? You want to look old but new? I love the look. I I think he pulls it off well. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I couldn't pull it off. Handlebar would look terrible on me. Um but he it works for him, uh, especially with those boxing gloves. Now he he should take the um, the lid off his backwards hat, take that off, and show that that slicked back hair that he's got, and then he completes the look perfectly. Yeah, like we look like something straight out of nineteen thirty. Yeah, boxing that we have to listen onto the radio because there's no TV. Like he he's dancing, he's got the fists up like they would back <laughs> in like the nineteen twenties. Like- <laughs> Come on over here, let me readjust your face. I think that's how they talked. I don't know. I never. I didn't live then. I'm old, but not no. that old. You are the old one on the podcast, but not that old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you want to talk about 80s and 90s stuff, you're probably the man to go to This for man. That. This man here. Yes, but uh, not me. I'm the millennial here. There you the go. Ha. Uh, did you have anything else for the uh, social segment? That was it for me. I did not. not uh, that, was, that was all I had was... Uh, whatever you brought up, the JT chess, the SNL bits, and the, the, the Cal Clutterbuck. A busy week in Islesland, wouldn't you say, Mitch? It was. It was four games in, in a week. 
Um, another, what, three to come, hopefully by the time the next, next time we record. So busy. Gangs are coming in fast and hard. Well, I guess we're taking a couple of days off for Thanksgiving. Again, happy Turkey Day. Yes, thank you. I'm certainly going to enjoy that tomorrow, or if you're listening on what is Thursday, your, it's today. Here, here's something for everyone listening as well. What is your favorite part of the Thanksgiving meal? Oh, okay. Well, I, my my last name's O'Leary, so I fit into the stereotype. I'm going mashed potatoes all the way. That's, mashed potatoes, best part. Uh, mine is gravy, just gravy, because it goes on everything. Everything. Gravy all over the turkey. Gravy all over the mashed potatoes. Gravy on top of stuffing. Oh, all I want is gravy now. Maybe it's because I'm French. That's just it. I want some sauce on all of my food. Oh, my God. We definitely just both lived up to our stereotypes. (laughs) Uh, Now all I want is poutine because I think that's a lot more readily accessible (laughs) for me. There you go. But, yeah, for me, it's definitely the uh, mashed potatoes or pumpkin pie for dessert. That's pretty solid, too. Fair enough. I don't like uh, pie, all right. but whatever. Ooh, that that no pie. So what do you do for dessert? Just basic cookies. Just straight ice cream. Just give me the ice cream right in right in my veins, right in there. <laughs> Get it right in. There. <laughs> Get the sugar in me. All right. Well, so if you're celebrating today, or if you celebrated Thanksgiving this week, happy Thanksgiving to you. If you are listening up in Canada and already celebrated Thanksgiving, I'm wishing you a very very late. Thanks. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for being a month late. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, another one in the books, Mitch. Next week will be the Cal Clutterbuck episode. Oh, great. Can we can talk about hitting anyone with, with handlebar mustaches again. Yeah, we probably will. Perfect. We might have to do a power ranking of guys with handlebar mustaches. Maybe I'll just shave a handlebar mustache before I shave off my beard, take a picture, and then shave it off again. Uh, we might both have to do that. Yeah, in homage to, to Cal Clutterbug. That's what we'll do. All right. I like it. Perfect. All right. So before we sign off, make sure to always go to the website, eyesonisles.com, to get all your updated information on the New York Islanders. Post stuff every single day. Opinions, news, analysis, whatever you like, whatever your little heart desires, we got on the website. Make sure to follow along with us on Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS mm-hmm. or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. My personal Twitter account is Matt O'Leary NY and Mitch's is T-L-O Mitch. So follow us both there as well. And don't forget to subscribe and rate, review, all that good stuff on iTunes. It helps us out with our rankings and we really do appreciate that. Once again, I am Matt O'Leary. And I am Mitch Anderson. And you've been listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.